0: Creating a multi-million dollar business, making connections with people doing webinars. With Amy Porterfield, episode 39. Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast. I am Borja Bezzo and every week I bring you step by step growth, and only marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It's my pleasure to have you here, and let's start with another episode now. Hey, what's up, amigos? Welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Growth Podcast. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Joe Pulizzi, where we talk about native advertising, how you can use it to drive traffic to your website, and why and when you should implement native ads. So by the time this episode goes live, it'll be Wednesday, November 11th. That means that yesterday, Tuesday, was my birthday. So thank you everyone for your birthday wishes. I'm actually recording this on a um, Monday. So I'm thanking you in Monday for your wishes on Thursday about my birthday tomorrow. All <laughs> right, so for today's episode... I have with me Amy Porterfield. You might know her for um her extensive Facebook training, Facebook marketing training from her excellent webinars. She's one of the persons that does the highest quality qualities webinars. On episode nineteen, I believe it was, we had John Lee Dumas talk about his process. Now webinars are an excellent way to drive revenue. Both Amy Porterfield and John Lee Dumas. Uh, use them as their main or one of their main marketing channels to to generate revenue. I think it's the biggest one for both of them. But the thing about webinars is it's hard to make a connection with your listeners. Once you're live and presenting your slides, uh, you have to make a connection in order to fulfill, to transmit your emotions, to transmit your message, and ultimately sell, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today with Amy, how to make a connection, how to make your message better, how to make your slides better, how to talk properly, in what order should you arrange your message, right? So Amy is going to fill us up with a lot of valuable content on how to achieve that. So without any further ado, guys, let's jump right into this fantastic interview with Amy Potterfield. So for today's episode, I'm glad to feature an online marketing superstar, one of my favorite people to listen to. She's the host of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. And listen, if you like the content that I create and share, you're going to love Amy Porterfield, who is in the house today. And I'm going to leave you one specific, one actionable tip, one thing that I want you to do right after you listen to this interview is go and find Amy's podcast episode on creating a plan to launch your product it is my absolute favorite episode with that being said I want to introduce Amy Portofield. welcome to the show thank you so much for being here
1: well thank you so much for having me I'm delighted to be here
0: my pleasure so Amy how I I know that you used to work for uh, Tony Robbins Um, how did you transition from working for him into being an online marketing expert?
1: Well, I was with Tony for about six and a half years as the director of content development. And when you work with someone as powerful as Tony Robbins, you learn a lot. And one thing that Tony taught from stage over and over again is how to become an entrepreneur and how to build freedom in your life and really start enjoying the life that you create. And when I worked for Tony, although it was an amazing job, I traveled all the time. I never had any downtime and I really wanted to be my own boss and call the shots And so a long, long story short, we had this one moment at the office where Tony had brought in some big time internet marketers. So people like Frank Kern and Evan Pagan and Jeff Walker, and he brought these guys in to talk to him about how they run their business. And as I listened to these big internet marketing gurus, I thought, I want to be a part of that. That is like some amazing stuff. So at that point, I started to really pay attention to what's going on in internet marketing and how these guys were creating online training programs and selling them online. So that meeting, I definitely got the bug to want to do this. It took me about a year from that point to transition out of the Robbins organization and start my own thing. But it really started with that one pivotal meeting where I realized, wow, there's some amazing power out there. And I could create a business that I absolutely love.
0: What do you used to do for Tony?
1: So what I did is I worked on the content that he would use on stage or in his digital products. So I managed a team of content creators. And so it was really cool because Tony would come up with these ideas and he would flesh them out with us and we could work on the content. So I became uh, really educated in how to create content that inspires people and educates them and keeps them interested. And then I also worked on the big marketing launches. At the time, about a year before I left, we started launching our products online um, with big promotions and I got to be a part of those as well.
0: And when you started to transition from working for Tony to creating your first online business, what was that business about?
1: So when I first started out, I wanted to create online training programs about marketing and social media. But I left Tony Robbins and I didn't have a lot of money in my bank account and I needed to make money right away. So I started to take clients. So my first two years out on my own, I would do social media consulting and coaching for other businesses. So I was really in the trenches, creating their social media platforms, tweeting for them, posting on Facebook, creating their Facebook audiences, all that stuff around social media. To be quite honest, I didn't necessarily love it because instead of having one big boss, literally, Tony Robbins Mm. is a big guy, I had a bunch of little mini-bosses. And so I felt like I didn't have the freedom I thought I would have when I created my own business. And I was still answering to a bunch of people that felt like they were my bosses. So I didn't love that, but it was good for me to get in the trenches and learn how to do it and understand their needs and their pains and and just how to support people in terms of online marketing platforms. So it was good for me, but it was a hard time, definitely. Those first two years were rough.
0: Yeah, that's that's something that I, that I experienced as well when I uh, used to do some coaching. You know, coaching and one on one consulting is that you're trading time for dollars. Uh, yes. Yes. And it's very, I mean, it's not very scalable as opposed to creating a program where, where you can uh, get a lot of people and, and teach a lot of people and then find ways to personalize and customize uh, your teachings and all that. There's some always tools and ways to do that, but you're not trading, you know, hours for dollars which is terrible, you know, when you you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be able to scale, scale everything that you do. So um, would you say that working with Tony was a big uh, leverage for getting your first clients?
1: I do. I think that there's a few things that helped me in terms of working with Tony. One, it was a prestigious job. I mean, people really respect and like Tony. And when I said I used to work with him, I think that gave me a little clout. But beyond that, um, Tony taught me how to be resourceful, how to literally figure out how to do anything. So when anybody would tell me, oh, that can't be done or that's not going to work, I would go into this instant mode of we will figure this out. And I have a mentor. Her name is Marie Forleo. And she always said, everything is figureoutable. And I totally agree with that. And so Tony helped me be resourceful. I'm always finding a way to do it. And he also taught me to always be in action, keep moving forward no matter what I'm doing. I've got to be taking steps to take action versus just learning a lot or reading a bunch or or trying to figure it all out but not really be ready to take action. I really pushed myself to take action. And I think that helped me start creating a business that was generating revenue pretty quickly once I left my corporate job.
0: And, um, when you create, you just mentioned Marie. I was just thinking that yes, just yesterday I was looking at some of her photos and I was thinking that she, her photos are always looking so classy, you know? Yes. I love that about her. She has
1: great branding.
0: Yes. Great branding for sure. Um, so when you decided to create your first program, what do you make it about?
1: So, my very first program actually happened to be about helping authors with their books using social media. Now, quite honestly, I probably shouldn't have been teaching that. I had some experience working with authors um, just in the background when um, I had first left Robbins, and I started to know social media really well. And so I kind of put the two together. But a lot of times when we are first starting our business, We just have to kind of experiment, see what feels right, give it a shot. And so I gave it a shot. I didn't make tons of money with my first product by any means, but I started to learn how to put together a product and and how to launch something and what it took, and it was just really, really stressful, but I needed to go through those motions. Now, that was my first tiny, tiny little product, But from there, I went on to create more of a general social media product to help people build their platforms to social media. Sometimes I look at that as my first real product because it generated real revenue. But I did start with something a little bit smaller, kind of a little bit different than I probably should have done. But hey, you never know till you give it a shot.
0: Well, today's main topic, Amy, as you know, of course, is about webinars. Uh, Were you using webinars when you created that first product?
1: I used a teleseminar. My very, very first tiny little product, I did a teleseminar. And then when I went out officially, like when I did a real launch with a three-part video series and email marketing and all that good stuff, so I kind of consider that my first real launch, I did use webinars right from the get-go. So I've been using webinars since the very, very beginning stages of my business. And I'm so glad we're talking about this topic today because I feel that webinars can be a total game changer in your business when you know how to use them right.
0: Yes. Uh, You you recently launched a, a webinar course. Am I right? Yes. You are right. When are you open that, opening that again? I'm super curious. So
1: November 4th, actually, we're going to open it again, and um, it's, I have to say, one of my favorite courses I've ever created because I got to show exactly what I do in my business and how I generate revenue every single day because I use webinars, so it's really specific and really step-by-step, but it's a really cool course because it's it's the whole picture, everything included.
0: What what kind of results do you uh, attribute webinars to when it comes to revenue in your business?
1: So we've built a multi-million dollar business um, since officially starting in 2010. And the kind of results that I started to see early on made me believe that webinars had to be part of the foundation of my business. So I remember a, a specific situation. I'd been doing webinars for a little while, trying to figure out you know, what works and what doesn't work and all that good stuff. So I'd been playing around with them for a few months. And then finally, I got serious about webinars. And I thought, OK. Webinars can't just live on their own, like one webinar, you're done, move on to the next shiny thing in your business. I started to see that you needed a system around them. So you needed to have a pre-webinar phase where you're starting to fill up your webinar with uh, targeted people. Then, of course, you do the live webinar, and then you need a post-webinar phase where you're following up with email marketing for those people that might still be on the fence, but they heard your offer on the webinar and they're interested. So when I started to put it together in this complete system I had my first $30,000 launch and it was just me I didn't use affiliates and I remember when I realized, holy cow, that launch just generated $30,000. I remember where I was sitting in my family room. I remember what I was wearing. I remember when I said to my husband, I said, you will never believe what just happened. And my husband's a firefighter. He's blue collar to the bone. He doesn't do any of this online marketing stuff. And he looked at me when I told him we just generated $30,000 at the webinar. He looked at me like, are you crazy? Like I think you made a mistake or something like that. So it was just a really fun experience. Ever since that day, I have never looked back.
0: Yeah, I would, I would love. You just mentioned you have a process like pre sailing um, Yeah. You know, pre, you know, figuring out everything. I would lo- love to feature everything that a webinar, webinar needs to be successful. Yes. But it would take me like a year of of a podcast. <laughs> <Of> th- <laughs> Thirty six. Five days uh, three hundred and sixty five days of, of one single episode, super long <laughs> so I'm gonna to I'm gonna narrow down into what I have found to be my problems when doing a webinar, my okay. fears and all that and that's the actual process of doing the webinars right uh, when you are live on camera or live uh, you know on the microphone. Um, what are some mistakes that you have made? Um, or some mistakes that you see people doing that you would recommend to avoid?
1: Great question. Okay, so the first thing that when I'm working with customers and they said, okay, my webinar didn't go really well. I did a webinar, I really struggled with it, not happy with the results. And the first question I'll ask them is, okay, so where do you feel like you messed up the most? And they'll always tell me, The transition between free content, teaching on a webinar, Mm -hmm. and going into the sales portion. Like a lot of times they'll say, I just freeze up. My voice kind of cracks. I start to sweat. I fumble over my words and nothing really comes out smoothly. And that is so very natural and normal, especially when you don't have the pieces in place to help you with that transition. So the first thing I always say is, okay. We first need to get our mind set right around selling on a webinar. And the way I see it is if you believe in your product or program or service that you're going to sell on a webinar and you know your audience needs it, that's half the battle. You have to remember that you created something that's going to help somebody improve in some area of their life usually. Now, in addition to that, you need to remember that in a webinar, typically you give away free content for a good 45 minutes. So you are just teaching your heart out, giving your best stuff away for free. When you do that, I feel that you've earned the right to then tell people, okay, if you like this, you want more of this, you're looking for results, the natural next step is to do business with me. Now, the way you do business with me is either you buy my product or I put together a package of my services or whatever it might be. So you want whatever you're selling on a webinar to be the next logical step. And when it is, that transition becomes a whole lot easier. Now, to get really tactical about this, what I like to do is include a few slides in my slide deck that really help me transition. One of the easiest ways to transition from free content into selling on a webinar is to ask a question such as um, my question on my webinar course, my webinar on webinars is something like, so do you see just how powerful webinars can be for your business when you put them into a five phase system? Do you see what you might be able to do with your business? And so usually that's an obvious yes question, but I'm kind of wrapping it all up. And then I'll say something like, Well, if you're excited about this and you want to dive in deeper, I want to invite you to join me in my program where I'm going to hold your hand through the process and teach you exactly how to move through this system easily and quickly. So you're asking a question, then you're inviting them in because it's the next logical step. So that's one of the first mistakes I see on a webinar, that transition is really tough. So having the obvious yes question to transition and then having a few slides that tell them what they get and what they're going to create and exactly how much it costs and what the breakdown looks like. You want to have some slides that walk your audience through it and help you walk through the flow of your product as well. Some tips for the transition. But there's some other things that come up. You want me to keep going?
0: Keep going. Yes.
1: Okay. So another one is that people have too much content on their slides. And so typically when I ask a student, okay, how many slides do you think you need for a 60-minute webinar where these 45 minutes you're going to teach, 15 minutes you're going to talk about your program, and you might even go beyond 60 minutes if you want to do a Q&A, how many slides do you need? And a lot of people will say 20 slides or 30 slides. But what I learned early on in doing webinars is that you want more slides than you ever think that you should have. Hmm. So I always say, let's go for at least 80 slides for a 60 minute webinar now 80 slides sounds so huge when you're first starting out doing a webinar Oh, it is. Tr- <laughs> yeah that sounds like a lot right but the trick is to put just a little bit of information on each slide so instead of creating tons of bullets on one slide and tons of builds where you're clicking 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 but you're staying on one slide I'd love to see you make bold statements on one slide so instead of five bullets on a slide You have five slides and you're just clicking through them rather quickly to keep their attention. Because the way I see it, when you're on a webinar, people are insanely busy. Mm -hmm. Their phones are ringing. They've got different monitors up with social media and all the other channels. Maybe their kids talking to them. They've got to rush out right after the webinar. You're competing with a lot of static or a lot of noise. And so your job is to keep their attention the whole time by clicking through interesting slides with – really strong fonts and colors and imagery you're going to keep their attention and imagery is important so you might have a few slides that just have one image on it and maybe a word or two or a really cool quote or whatever that might be. Michael Hyatt, I'm a big fan of Michael Hyatt and I feel like he does really great slides where he'll have an image and that's all he needs to tell the story or an image in just one word and it prompts him to remember what he wants to talk about but it keeps things interesting for the audience.
0: So, having so multiple,
1: that's my Go ahead.
0: Yeah, so having, I was going to say that, uh, having multiple slides it's like when you make a video and you have multiple shots of, of one thing that you're saying just to keep people, you know, engaged uh, because you're, you know, it's like a visual effect that, uh, that trigger, triggers people's eyes to uh, look again into your content and, and, and like restart their brain and their attention. Um,
1: exactly. Yeah. It's so true. It just keeps their attention and it keeps them engaged throughout the whole entire process. So that's exactly right. Just like when you would do a video with a lot of imagery. Right. Okay. So another mistake I see made on uh, when people do live presentations in their slide decks is that before that, they even go live with a webinar, they forget that they need to do some work up front to get people on live. So on average, most people see about 20% show up live, meaning if you have 100 people sign up for your webinar, likely you're only going to get about 20% to show up live if you're actually lucky about that. If you don't do any work at all, it could be a whole lot less. And what you need to remember is when you get people on live, those are the people that are likely going to buy more often than those that never catch the webinar or think they're going to get the replay. So getting them on live is a really valuable piece of the puzzle because people are more likely to engage with you, connect with you, and ultimately buy. So what you want to do is you want to do some work up front before the webinar actually happens. I call it the pre onboarding, the pre-webinar onboarding process. So what you'll do is once you get people to start signing up and registering for your webinar, let's say you start promoting seven days in advance, which I usually suggest to my students. So if you're promoting your webinar seven days in advance, then when someone signs up, you want to send them a series of emails, maybe three or four emails. The first email you send them is, thank you so much for signing up. You're confirmed. Here's your link when we go live. Mark your calendar. All the logistical information they need to know. Then maybe a day later, I'll send them an email and talk about the importance of showing up live. Remind them what we're going to cover. Talk about maybe one of my students that got a lot of success from what I'm going to teach them. Tell a story. You're just sending them content to keep them remembering how important it is to show up live. Then maybe I'll send an email just a few days before with a quick tip or maybe a video or just a little teaser content about what we're going to cover on the webinar. And then the morning of, I send them an email and 10 minutes before I send them one more email. It might seem very aggressive in terms of emails, but as long as you keep those emails interesting and to the point, you will get more people on your webinar. I can promise you that. Your numbers will grow if you make a really good onboarding process in advance of people signing up. So then you can put it on automation. Someone signs up, they're automatically going to get those emails. So very valuable.
0: Um, any tool uh, you recommend for, for that process? Because uh, advanced people are going to know what we're talking about. But Right.
1: So what you can do is you can use something like, so you want an email service provider. Mm -hmm. So AWeber is always a good one. Mm -hmm. Active Campaign, another great one. And so what you'll do is you will load these up as an autoresponder. So you'll write, let's say you write four emails. You'll write the four emails and you'll load them up into your email service provider. And you can ask the company you use for a little help if you need it. But you'll say, okay, this email goes out instantly when someone signs up for this list. And then two days later, this one goes out. And then two days later, this one. And then the day of, these two emails go out. So let's say someone were to sign up for your webinar two days in advance. They wouldn't get all of those emails. They would just get the ones that went out two days before and one day before. So that's the beauty of an autoresponder. Depending on when someone comes in, then that determines how many emails they're going to receive.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. And- Okay, perfect. And I I want to apologize to those who already know about this. But as you know, I want to make it super simple, super easy for people to learn and understand. And there are people in my audience that I know, wouldn't know what we're talking about. So thank you for understanding guys. (laughs) Now, um, what's the next mistake that you see people do?
1: Okay, the next mistake is weak follow up. Right. And this one is so big. So let's say you're live on your webinar, you present a really great presentation. You have 80 slides, you transition well into your sa- your sales offer and you do a really awesome Q&A and then after the webinar, you have no follow up, meaning maybe you send a replay but that's it or maybe you don't even send a replay. You're going to leave so much money on the table if you don't have a really strong follow-up. Now, the way you do that is the first thing you'll do the very next day after your live webinar, you should send out a replay. And the replay should be up for just a limited time. So just a few days, you let people know this is up for just a few days. And in the email you send them with the replay link, you're going to put the word replay in the subject line because people will be looking for it. So you send out the replay, and then after that, you're going to to send out a series of emails that talk about your product. You're going to tell them exactly what's in it. So you're going to really clarify. There's three modules, and in each module, here's what you're going to learn. There's two bonuses. Here's what you'll learn in those bonuses. Here's the link to check out all the details, and you send them to either an order form with the details or a sales page. Now, you're also going to send out a few more emails, maybe an email where you tell a story of why you teach what you teach or an experience you once had. Like when I do my webinar all about webinars, in my follow-up sequence, I tell the story of the first time I ever did a webinar was with Tony Robbins, and it was the first time he had ever done a webinar as well. And we had 800 people signed up, and they paid to be on that webinar $100. So the night before, Tony was at his house, I was still at the office, it was like 10 o'clock at night, we were practicing and I clicked something, I still to this day don't know what I clicked, and I deleted the entire webinar. So all 800 people instantly got an email at 10 o'clock the night before the webinar saying this webinar has been canceled. And Mm. right at that moment, Tony said, Amy, why did I just get an email that said the webinar had been canceled? Mm. And my stomach dropped. I thought, holy cow, I am going to get fired in this moment and it was horrible I had I'd been up all night trying to figure out what happened and how to fix it luckily in the wee hours of the morning go webinar which is the tool I use for live webinars they reinstated it fixed it everybody was up and running again but if I had let that moment define my hatred for webinars I would never ever have the business I have today So I tell this story in one of my follow-up emails to let people know, like, look, you're going to make mistakes. It's normal. Let me tell you about the big mistake I made in the past. So becoming real to your audience is important, and doing that after a webinar is really powerful. Now, in the follow-up sequence, you also want to send out at least two emails on the final day if you're going to close a cart or if a uh, bonus is going to expire or something. You need some urgency in your webinar promotion. So on the webinar you might have promoted a product but you're gonna close the doors to that product let's say in five days. Well in your follow-up sequence on the fifth day you're gonna send an email in the morning and maybe even in the afternoon saying today is the final day. You'd be amazed how many people wait till the very end but if you tell them, remind them who's right for your product and the countdown, how long they have to order and why they should order now, what's in it for them that's what you do on the cart close days and it's really, really powerful. So that's something that most people miss when they're creating a webinar. But actually, let me jump back just a little bit and I have one more that kind of should have came before the follow-up sequence and that is one mistake people make while they're live on a webinar is to not really spend some good time on the live Q&A. Mm-hmm. So if you do a Q&A on your live webinar – I want you to spend some quality time there, try to spend at least 15 minutes. So that means if you do 45 minutes of free content, 15 minutes of talking about your program, talking about people who have gotten results with the program, really spelling it out, don't rush through the product promotion. And then what I would do is spend a final 15 minutes on your live Q&A. Encourage people to ask questions. Now if people aren't asking questions because you don't have a lot of people on the webinar, prepare some questions in advance. Some questions that you know are objectives for people to actually ask, or for people to make the decision if they really want to join your program or sign up for your service. So questions like, am I right for it? Or is my niche going to be a good fit? Or how long does it take to get through your program? Or are there payment installments? And all those questions you can prepare in advance if people aren't actually asking questions. So your live Q&A is really valuable for you to generate revenue. The people that are listening during the live Q and a are on the fence, and your job is to answer the questions that will have them hop off the fence and either buy or know that they're not right for the program so the live Q and a really valuable and then that's when I should have told you the final step that most people miss is following up your webinar with a really good solid email marketing system a good follow up to the webinar
0: right Phew,
1: that was a lot huh
0: <laughs> that was a lot that was good. Um one thing uh, I learned the hard the hard way to have a frequent frequently asked questions prepared on my first webinar uh I had very uh, you yeah. know, I-, I didn't have a lot of people on <laughs> when I said all right so you have any questions crickets were sounding so I was like uh, uh-oh, what do I do adjustment. so I had, I had to improvise and uh, I was like okay so uh or yeah so you might be thinking that this might be too expensive for you or whatever I had to came out to uh with frequently asked questions on the fly <laughs> so it was a terrible experience yes. yeah I mean a lot of mistakes were were made that day I remember I mean horrible horrible <laughs> so and Amy any I
1: think, it, I think that's normal to make those mistakes in the beginning but then once you do them like you'll never do it again right
0: yes yeah you're like okay that's <laughs> the last time I'll ever do a webinar <laughs> but then you do it again no. and you improve uh and you see how powerful it is and or actually, the the results from your first webinar uh, will speak for the, for themselves. Assuming you have a good product, that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, any any key awesome. takeaways that you want to provide uh, for people to leave with?
1: I think some key takeaways would be one: when you're doing a webinar, think of it as your system, not just a one-off webinar that you do and then you forget about. Um, put it into a system so that you've got that pre-webinar phase, the live webinar phase, the post-webinar phase, and once you get that down, once you start converting, once you start making money with that webinar, then you can put it on autopilot. I just would never create a webinar and put it on autopilot before I knew if it was going to convert for me or not, which is really important. And the final takeaway I'll give you is that once you create your topic and you know what your webinar is going to be about, Do that over and over again if it works for you. I had a student recently that did a webinar. She made $9,500 on her webinar. And then she said, okay, Amy, I did the system. So now I got to figure out a new topic to do. And I said, no, no, no. You just made $9,500 with this webinar. There are a lot of people out there that never even knew you had a webinar. We need to go back to the drawing board, do the same webinar again, maybe make some tweaks, make it better, but start using Facebook ads to find a new audience to fill up this webinar and do it again and do it again and do it again until either you don't want to do it anymore because you're tired of it or until it stops converting for you. But once you find something that works, the secret to my success and my business is I don't reinvent the wheel I'm not constantly creating new stuff I find out what works and I continue to do it and make it better flawless. so that's my kind of words of wisdom to wrap this up
0: right flawless so like like you said you have to make sure that you're making a connection with your audience right and that means you have to know your audience which leads me to the rebel growth signature question the only question that I ask all of my guests and that is who is your ideal customer who is your avatar
1: My ideal avatar is somebody that's been in business for about a a year, they understand how online marketing works, but they're not really sure how to pull it all together, and they've reached a point in their business that they feel like, all right, I've got to start making this work, I'm not making enough money, I know what's important in my business, I know what I want to do, I know who my audience is pretty much. And I want to dial it all in and really streamline this process and start working with the system in my business. So that's usually the people that I'm able to help the most.
0: Perfect. Perfect description. I always want to make sure that people understand that all of my guests know who they're targeting, who they're talking to, who they're making connections with. So Amy, uh, where do you want to send people to uh, for those that want to learn more about you, that want to stay connected with you and learn more about what it is that you teach?
1: Thank you so much for asking. You can go to amyporterfield.com. And at the very top, when you go to amyporterfield.com, you'll see a banner all about a free webinar about webinars. So if you liked this and you want to learn more about webinars, then definitely go check it out.
0: You said uh, November 4th is when you're reopening the… We are.
1: November 4th, we're doing a live webinar about webinars. Mm -hmm. And so that will be the first day that we open up the program again. So definitely check it out. You'll see details about it on my website.
0: Wonderful. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I can't tell you how long I've been wanting to have you on the show. I'm so happy that I finally got you on. Um, Thanks.
1: I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Take care, Amy. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Amy Potterfield. I thank her for such an immense amount of valuable content. Thank you, Amy. And thank you guys for listening, for tuning in. Now, uh, I know that doing webinars is hard. I know that it's scary. Uh, You have to select your audience. But if I can give you one tip about selecting your audience, it would be this. Focus on finding an audience that fits your personality instead of finding a personality to fit a certain audience. Let me say that again. Focus on finding an audience that fits your personality instead of making up a personality to fit an audience. You can use a lot of tools to find out who will, would relate to your personality, who you know will like you based on the things that you like, and the things that you say, and the things that you are, your personality, your character, right? Find that avatar that fits your character, your personal personality. Don't try to be all spontaneous if you're not spontaneous. Or don't try to be shy if you're not shy, right? Just because you think a certain audience will like you. A lot of people try to do this. You're not an actor. You're a teacher. That's if you're an online marketing that is, right? You're trying to reach people with content, with education, with value, you want to showcase your personality, don't fake it. For example, for me, I have an accent. I speak Spanish also. I love action sports, right? I'm I'm a dude. I love motocross. I love skateboarding. I love wakeboarding. I love, you know, punk rock music, electronica. I'm a millennial. So I use certain tools to target my audience, to reach out to people who want to start a business use online marketing, growth hacking, but also have these certain characteristics that relate to me because I know that will make them like me so much more. Because I'm like that, I don't try to fake it. I just show who I am, target the people that will like me, and voila. So with that being said, guys, I want to send you to rebelgrowth.com forward slash episode 39 for today's show notes. Everything that we mentioned today will be right there. Thank you so much for listening. Go out and find that audience that fits you. And start doing well.